Good morning. The members of Faith Lutheran Church welcome you to the 8 o'clock broadcast of our worship service from the Faith Ministry Center Sanctuary. Today is Palm Sunday. Leading the liturgy this morning is Reverend Jim Weeble. Preaching this morning is Reverend Dan Taves. We join the service already in progress. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Lord's house at the beginning of Holy Week on this Palm Sunday as we remember today the beginning of a journey for Jesus that we know will end on the cross on Good Friday. But we know that's not really the end, right? Because Easter is right around the corner. This powerful week begins today as we celebrate a God who loves us so very much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I'm so thankful that you are here to worship with us today. I'm so thankful for those of you who are joining us on the radio or participating with us online. I'm so grateful that we can all be together today around our amazing Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We will be celebrating the sacrament of the Lord's Supper today, and you all know we believe that in the simple bread and wine comes the amazing body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. So those of you who believe that and are sorry and need that grace and forgiveness, we invite you forward. For those of you who are home, we pray that you already have your, your, um, your sacred place ready, your bread and wine ready, that you'll participate with us in the words of confession and absolution and institution so that we can share that sacrament together. All right, all that being said, there's a couple things I want to share with you before we begin our worship time today. I'd like to invite all the children who are here at this time to head to the back with Pastor Jim because the children message is going to be in the back this morning and you're going to process in with your palm branches. So kids, Pastor Jim is back there. Pastor Jim, you want to wave at them? Uh, you want to just head back? Pastor Jim will meet you there in the back in just a minute. While the kids are going to the back, uh, I want to just remind you of the Holy Week schedule uh, that you will see in your announcement bulletin. Monday, Thursday uh, is coming. Uh, you know, we do that on Tuesday also. We call it Monday, Thursday, Tuesday uh, at 11. Uh, we also have Good Friday services at noon at 6 o'clock. All the Easter times, uh, Easter vigil are there. Just want to make sure you know that on Easter Sunday, we adjust our times a little bit. Here at the Faith Site on Easter Sunday, our times are 8 and 9.30 and 11. It's a little different than our usual normal Sunday. We do that to accommodate the crowd. So we hope that you'll join us not just on Easter, but for the whole Holy Week celebration that begins today. Uh, also, Easter breakfast is still going, uh, so that will be here at the faith site. Anytime you want to pop in for Easter breakfast between 7 and 10 o'clock, that would be grand. Our youth group will be uh, preparing that for you. Uh, if you would sign up for that, that would be very helpful. Uh, Mr. Mike told me last year we had 50 people sign up and 150 people ate. So it really helps us if you sign up, if you know what I'm saying, so we can make sure we have enough stuff. 
Uh, then did you notice um, in the announcement bulletin, there's some information about something I'm really excited about, our Saturday seminar called The Secret of a Satisfying Life. Uh, if you want to just know how we can follow that great Philippians passage where St. Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and all circumstances. Uh, we're going to dig into the Word, see if we can figure that out. What is the secret of contentment? What is the secret of a satisfying life? If you want to join us for that, there's sign-up information in your announcement bulletin. That's Saturday, April 22nd from 8.30 until noon. We'll have a ball in the Word of God. And then lastly, our new devotion books are available in the back of the church. You know, we write it, these devotions uh, for a daily little time in the Word that point you to the text that we'll be studying together in worship on the weekend. So if you'd like to grab one of those for yourself or a friend, feel free to do so. All right. Oh, can you tell I'm a little bit excited today? It's Palm Sunday. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going to begin with the gospel lesson, which will be read from the back. So I invite the congregation, please, to stand. And, and face the back. Face the rear. Here now the Palm Sunday Gospel from Matthew chapter 21. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet when he said, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them on their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, and the crowd said, Well, children, here we are. Do you like a parade? Have you ever been to a parade? Yeah. Good. We've got a wonderful parade, two of them here in Appleton, don't we? We have a Christmas parade, yeah. and then we have what's called a Flag Day parade. And I brought a flag today, too like they might wave in a Flag Day parade. This is the United States of America flag, right? And when I was a little boy, it was not unusual. It happened many times when a very important person, like the president, would come into a town. The children would all get out of school, and they would be given flags like this, and they would line the streets. And when he came by in his car, the children would wave their flags and say, welcome, welcome to our town. And that's what we're going to celebrate now as we wave our palm branches because the people of Israel didn't have a flag of their own then. So the only flag they had were these palm branches. And this was their way of saying, we love you, Jesus. We're so happy that you came into our town today. You came to save us. So let's go on this parade now, and we're going to walk up to the front. Pastor Dan's going to lead us up there, 
and we're going to wave up our palm branches as we shout Hosanna to the Lord. So Pastor Dan, it's all yours. We begin with the call to worship based on Psalms in Matthew 21. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, so that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, so that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest.
And with our palm branches raised and with a shout we say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Well, O oh Lord, with the Palm Sunday crowd, we cry to you this day, Hosanna, save us now, we pray. Save us now, for we have sinned against you in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Save us now, for we have sinned against you by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Save us now, for we have not loved you with our whole heart. Save us now, for we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out all our transgressions. Guided by your Spirit, help us to delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Well, friends, Jesus Christ became obedient unto death on a cross so that through faith in him you might be declared righteous and receive life and salvation from the King of glory. In his name, the name that is above all names, I, one of your called and ordained servants of Christ, and by his authority announce the forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. Again, with our branches high in a shout, we say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And now, with that same passion, we confess what we believe about our amazing God together. I believe that Jesus Christ is the King of the universe and wants to be the King of my heart. I believe that he entered Jerusalem on the donkey to suffer and die for my sins on the cross of Calvary. He came in the name of the Lord as the perfect lamb to be sacrificed. He will come again in all his glory to rule and conquer all that opposes the will of the Heavenly Father. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. To him I submit my life and to him I proclaim my loyalty. Amen. Our next hymn is titled, Right On, Right On in Majesty. This is found in the service book, 441. Right on, right on in majesty. Hark, all the tribes Hosanna cry. O Savior meek, pursue thy road with palms and scattered garments stowed.
and let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our sin and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first lesson this morning is from Psalm 130. I'd like to invite you to speak the even-numbered verses. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we read this coming Holy Gospel, I want to invite the women to speak the words of verse 19, and all of you to speak the words following that, as you are the crowd today. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in the dream. 
chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas. They answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is, on you. it is your responsibility. And all the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. This is the gospel of the Lord. grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Well, friends, as we begin our Holy Week, we begin today with a focus on Palm Sunday. If you want to pull out the outline that you have in your folder somewhere, you'll see that the message today is this. Palm Sunday begins a week of spectacles. I really want us to focus today on the fact that Palm Sunday is really nothing in and of itself because Palm Sunday points us to the greatest event in human history. Jesus entered Jerusalem for a reason, for a purpose. He came to suffer and die on the cross for our sins, to complete God's plan of saving each and every one of us, saving the world. So today I want to talk about this Palm Sunday in the beginning of Holy Week, the beginning of a week of spectacles. You know, in a world where we are constantly bombarded and saturated by excess, we are easily bored these days, calloused by being bombarded by the media. And so it's really hard to impress us these days, isn't it? I mean, think about it. I, I watched the other day an old Wonder Woman show. You remember the old, old Wonder Woman with Linda Carter, right? And the special effects were horrible. But in, that, in those days, it was like the best, wasn't it? Now we've come to expect so much more than what we saw then. We know that movies today must be blockbusters. Gore must be gorier than ever. Scary movies must be scarier than ever. Car crashes must be, our cars, uh, uh, chases must be heart stoppers. Science fiction must be eerie. And the video games we watch need to be more and more realistic. The more breathtaking the spectacle, isn't it? The more we ooh and ah over it. Well, the week before us, this week we call Holy Week, is indeed a week of real spectacles. Not Hollywood, not a mother goose pretend make-believe story, but a story of the greatest spectacle of all time. And maybe we've read the story so often, maybe we've heard the account during each Holy Week so many times that we're in danger of becoming numb 
to the remarkable events that took place that week. Remarkable events in the life of our Lord as he marched to the cross. So beginning with today and moving through the cross, we want to experience together the spectacle of Holy Week. So I don't know, when you want to do me a favor, would you get your Bibles, the pew Bibles out that are in front of you, and just turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark does this most beautiful thing in these few chapters about leading us through the spectacle of Holy Week. Mark chapter 11 begins in your Bible on page 1572. Page 1572, I hope. Mark chapter 11, that I know for sure. If you look there at Mark chapter 11, you'll see that it begins with the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is what we're celebrating today, the beginning of Holy Week. Jesus entering Jerusalem on the donkey, just as we've heard, and just as we've said so many times, the people shouted out, Hosanna. Hosanna. You know what Hosanna means? Hosanna means, Lord, save us. Lord, save us now. As Jesus entered into Jerusalem on the first day of Holy Week on Sunday, the people shouted out to be saved. But what we know is their idea of what they needed to be saved from was totally different than Jesus. What were they crying out to be saved from? They were crying out to be saved from their enemies, the Romans. They, were cried, out, they cried out to be saved from, from being slaves to another nation. They cried out to be saved so that their nation could be set up again as it was in David's time. They cried out, Messiah, David, save us now. But look what happens next. If you're following in your Bible, on chapter 11, verse 12, Jesus immediately goes to the temple. And what does he do there? He clears the temple and says on the Monday of Holy Week that you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves and robbers. Where did the people think Jesus would go on that first Monday of Holy Week? Not to the temple to clear it, but to where? To the Roman palace and clear the Roman authorities. But Jesus came for a different reason, a different saving on Monday of Holy Week, Jesus enters the temple and again declares boldly what he actually was coming to do this Holy Week. Not to overthrow the Romans and to save them from their persecution, but to overthrow the devil and to save them from their sins. Well, if you look then at verse 20 of Mark chapter 11, begins the first day of Tuesday. It says in verse 20, in the morning, this is Tuesday of Holy Week. And Mark spends a good deal of time on Tuesday of Holy Week telling the people, uh, showing what Jesus was teaching the people. All of this happens on Tuesday of Holy Week. We hear about the withered fig tree. The, the religious authorities come in and challenge Jesus' authority. He talks about paying taxes to Caesar and giving to God what is God's. He talks about what happens in the resurrection at the end of time. He talks about the greatest commandment. He talks about whose son is the Christ. He lifts up the widow's small offering as she gives all that she can. In chapter 13, he talks about the signs of the end age. In chapter 13, he says, this day when I will come again, no one will know. In chapter 14, then begins Wednesday. 
So do you see, on Tuesday of Holy Week, there is an intense, intense time of teaching. As Jesus tries to share who he really is, what kind of Messiah he really came to be, to, to sort of do away with all the preconceived notions and ideas that he came to be a military leader or a political Messiah, but he came not to be those things, but to be a Savior Messiah who would save us from our sins. On Wednesday, then, is the day when he is anointed at Bethany. Then on Thursday, beginning at chapter 14, verse 12, is what we call Monday Thursday. Jesus in the upper room celebrating with his disciples the Passover, but making that old, old, familiar Passover so new by instituting the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. From this point on, on that first Monday, Thursday, the lamb and the unleavened bread that would be shared wasn't just bread and the uh, meat of a lamb, but it was the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. Then if you turn again, the Friday of Holy Week begins in Mark chapter 14, verse 43, when Jesus is arrested after his time in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is taken to the cross. Talk about spectacles. And do you see where it all points to, it all leads to? From Jesus' entry on Palm Sunday, can you see how he marches purposefully and intentionally to the cross? The most spectacular spectacle of all, Good Friday. The day the Son of God will be nailed to a cross and endure the horrific agonies of crucifixion. If our eyes are not too blinded by this world and self-love, we will see there the most notable, amazing, striking event of all time. And the thing about the cross, the thing about Good Friday, it's not really that this is the first time that anyone has been crucified. The Romans had already crucified thousands of people by the time Jesus is crucified there. What makes this day such a spectacle? What makes this day the greatest event of all time is not the cross, but the one who is dying there on the cross. For it is none other than the Son of God himself, God in the flesh, the perfect, righteous, holy one of God, who lays down his life and gives us his righteousness because of his great love for us. So as we look at the culmination, really, of this Holy Week, as we look to the cross, the spectacle of Christ dying on the cross, first, I think, produces guilt and hatred for our sin, doesn't it? Again, I'm on my outline. This is point two. When I think about the cross, when I think about all Jesus did to get there, when I think about Jesus suffering and dying there on the cross, I think about my sin. I think about often saying to myself, he didn't sin, but I did. He was pure, but I'm not. He was holy, and I'm unholy. Seeing and watching the holy, sinless Son of God endure such suffering and agony for my sins, it just makes me feel a, a terrible guilt. I don't know if you feel that way. When we look at the cross, Maybe we feel like we react sometimes when a loved one dies and we have these regrets. We wish we would have done more for them. We say, if, if only I would have done this or that. If only I would have said this or that. 
I actually know of a woman who told me once that for years her ailing husband always wanted a canary, but she never wanted to deal with it, so they never got one. After he died, she said to me, I once, uh, I had a canary carved on his headstone at the cemetery, but it isn't the same, is it? I think I'm a little too late with my love. I thought that was so sad. But sometimes I feel that way about my sin when I look to the cross. I feel like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I hadn't committed that sin. I wish I had obeyed his word. I wish I would have obeyed and lived a more holy life. And the guilt of sin hangs heavily upon us, doesn't it? There's a song that I've shared with you before. I just think it's one of the most powerful refrains ever, written by Ray Bolts. The refrain goes, does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Does he hear the crowd cry, crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Then I never want to hurt him again. See, that's the way the cross makes me feel sometimes. I hate sin. I hate myself when I sin. But not only that, when we look at the cross, doesn't it always help us see the sin and brokenness of our world? I hate what sin does to our world. I hate the things that I see on television every day. I hate watching the news these days because I see the sin and brokenness, my sin and the world's sin just affecting the way we think affecting the way we treat one another, affecting how we live and what we do with the blessings and resources that God has given us. And I watch the news and I grieve. I grieve because of sin. And I grieve because it is for those things that Jesus came on Palm Sunday and died on the cross. But you know, a look at the cross isn't just about guilt and shame. A look at the cross is also about the greatest display of love that our world has ever known. Truly, the greatest spectacle of all is the love that we see there on the cross. And how much love do we see when we look at the cross? There's enough love there for you, for me, and the whole world. The, the think about how far the love of God reaches. You know, Mark Spitz, that great Olympic swimmer, swimmer who won seven gold medals, said that in training for the games, he actually swam a distance equal of twice around the world. God's love is so much longer than that. God's love reaches to every person of every color, tribe, and nation God's love reaches out and crosses all political lines. It crosses all philosophies. It crosses all religions. It crosses all ages. It crosses all cultures and times. The love of God is so long and deep and wide that it covers the whole world. And it reaches all the way from heaven to earth. That's the love that we see for us there on the cross. That's what we celebrate, the spectacle of Holy Week. is not just the cross and what it shows us about our sins, but the cross that shows us the character of our God, who would do anything, who would give anything, 
who would sacrifice anything, even his own son, for you and me. Look at the cross. That's how much God loves you. That's what God was willing to do and give for you. That's the spectacle of all spectacles. On this week of spectacles, we call Holy Week. So if you, though, are only a spectator at the spectacle of the cross, then Lent for you will soon be gone. Easter will arrive and be over, and you can wait for another extravaganza that this world has to offer. But if, out of love, you want to respond to Christ's passion, you might feel as Count Zinzendorf did. Anybody know that name? Count Zinzendorf was a royal prince, a prodigal, licentious, licentious playboy who lived a high life. But one day he saw a picture, a huge painting of the suffering, crucified Messiah on the cross. And underneath this picture were these words, All this I have done for thee, what hast thou done for me? And as Count Zinzendorf looked at the cross and realized that Jesus did that for him, it changed his heart. And it changed his life. He was touched and ultimately became the leader of the Moravians, came to America and became the great spiritual father of the Moravian church. It was his gratitude for the cross that resulted in a commitment that lasted a lifetime. How about you? The spectacular, specta the spectacular spectacle of spectacles will happen this Friday. We call it Good Friday. You know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm amazed at how over the years, fewer and fewer people come to Good Friday worship services. It's the, it's the most important event of all time. And yet so few people find time to worship and celebrate and thank God for the gift of the cross. I pray that you will join us this Holy Week, not just today on Palm Sunday, but you'll join us on Good Friday as we thank God for his gift of love showing us on the cross. But then remember, three days later is Easter, the ultimate triumph over death, the ultimate spectacle of an open grave for you and I. So friends, God bless you this Holy Week as we again remember the gift of God given to us in Christ Jesus, as we celebrate together Good Friday and his love on the cross and look forward to the open tomb and the Easter message, because I live, you too shall live. God's blessings. Amen. But this time we'll say thank you to God for all that he has given us by our offerings. So as the ushers come forward, I want to thank you for your giving. We couldn't do what we do here at Faith Church without that giving to be able to share the good news with our world. So thank you for joining us in that. Those of you who are online, you can see uh, ways and opportunities to give that way too. And however you do it, we're appreciative of your gift. Our offering hymn this morning is titled, No Tramp of Soldiers Marching Feet. This is found in Lutheran Service Book 444. No tramp of soldiers marching feet with banners and with drums. No sound of music's martial beat. The King of Glory comes. 
To greet what pomp of kingly pride, no bells in triumph ring, no city gates swing wide open. Behold, behold your king.
Now, if you're able, would you please stand as we thank God for these offerings we have brought to his altar this day. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. we bow our heads to speak to God in prayer. Gracious Lord, we are so grateful that we are today beginning this holy week. We are grateful for what we learn about ourselves and our great need of a Savior. But more than anything, we are grateful for a love that was shown so clearly on the cross, a love that was all-giving, all-sacrificing, all-encompassing for us. So this Holy Week, may we not lose its power. May we again appreciate the gift that was given us in our Savior Jesus. Lord of all mercy, love, and goodness, we lift up our prayer. Lord, we pray today for those who are sick, recovering, or needing your healing touch. We lift up Nancy Lemke, Susan McMorrow, Sadie Bodenbach, and those we name in our heart now. Lord, reach down and touch them through loving doctors, nurses, and the gift of medicine, and if it is your will, bring healing. Lord of all mercy, love, and goodness, we lift up our prayer. And we celebrate today all the blessings of life. We rejoice with those marriages, with those who have committed themselves to each other, and we rejoice with those who are celebrating anniversaries, especially today with Ed and Shirley Schwartz in 60 years together as husband and wife. Lord, keep these and all couples faithful and strong in your great love. Lord of all mercy, love, and goodness, we lift up our prayer. And now into your hands, O Lord, we entrust all for whom we pray confident in your abundant grace and abiding mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now we prepare to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We give thanks to you, gracious God, that you have opened the kingdom to people of all nations who call Jesus Lord and rely on his saving work alone. Though we have in no way deserved your mercy, with joy we receive the salvation he won for us. Gathered in his name, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit upon us to strengthen our faith through this sacrament. Continue to gather us from east and west, from north and south, through Christ the narrow door, to the eternal banquet of which this is but a foretaste. Amen. And we join in the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on that Thursday of Holy Week, 
took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And now those of you who are sharing the sacrament at home would be a good time for you to take and eat the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for the forgiveness of your sins. Those of you who are here, take a moment now to share the peace and joy of God's love with each other before you are seated and come forward to the table. As we celebrate Holy Communion, our faith chorales sings, Let us break bread together. Lord, have mercy. Let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, O Lord, have mercy on me.
Our service continues as we sing the next hymn titled, A Land Goes Uncomplaining Forth, found in Lutheran Service Book 438. A land goes uncomplaining forth, the guilt of sinners bearing, and laden with the sins of earth, no, none else the burden sharing. Thank you for joining us for today's worship service from the Faith Ministry Center of Faith Lutheran Church. All the members of Faith Lutheran Church invite you to join us for any of our worship services. We would enjoy sharing the time with you. For Ministry Center locations, worship, and education times, please visit our website at www.faithfoxvalley.org or call the church office at 739-9191. Any communication regarding this broadcast can be directed to Stephen Moore, Director of Worship, Faith Lutheran Church, 601 East Glendale Avenue, Appleton, Wisconsin, 54911. Until we meet again, may the Lord bring you peace.
Again, if you're able, would you stand? And now may this true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. And we pray. Gracious God, we give thanks that you have refreshed us with a foretaste of the feast to come. And we ask that you accompany us in our pilgrimage until we enter the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now as you go out and begin this holy week, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Let us go forth in that peace. In the name of Christ, Hosanna in the highest. Our closing hymn this morning is titled, On My Heart, Imprint Your Image, found in Lutheran Service Book 422. <laughs> 